Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to The Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm good. It's a beautiful day in Northwest Indiana, Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's uh, also a beautiful Excellent. day here, uh, but it's just going to be hotter than blazes. I think the temperature's going to be 96 today. I just don't like that. This mm, is too much. Maybe it'll keep the virus down, right? Yeah, yeah. Kill the virus. That'll be good. Kill the virus. Well, that's not why we're here today. We are here today talking about some... Uh, some seven steps, but I want you to introduce what these seven steps are. Excellent. So as you know, from, you know, all the podcasts I've worked with you on, it's entrepreneurs are my, my heroes. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, especially in this world we're in right now where the economy has been shut down and we're trying to open up and get out. I, you know, I, I really think that these entrepreneurs are what are going to take us, you know, to the next level. So um, that's who my clients are. That's who I generally work with. And, When we provide wealth management to my clients, we focus on investment process, but we also focus on a lot of advanced planning topics and strategies. And and this today, we're really, this topic really covers all of them because, you know, we work on wealth transfer, which is making sure that whatever money you have transfers efficiently and at the greatest value to whoever you want it to go to. And, Mm -hmm. you know, wealth protection, you know, we want to make sure that your assets are protected from being unjustly confiscated by 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 different you know creditors vendors etc lawsuits um, we also focus on charitable giving and this topic you know gets into that um, and then wealth enhancement uh, one of the things I think people don't realize business owners don't focus on is that the they know they understand the business is the value that's going to allow them to retire and you know provide cash flow and income going forward you know and also pass on to their heirs but um, they typically don't really do enough number crunching to make sure that there's enough when they do exit and they do sell. So today we're talking about, you know, the seven steps of exit planning. It's actually, a, I thought, it's there's so much to get into. I recommend, or I made it a two-parter mm-hmm. because I, I just think there's some, the steps are, there's just a lot here. So I just thought we would uh, take two two podcasts instead of one, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. I think two podcasts will be great. Plus, I know you. I know how thorough you are, and and folks that are listening to this, Tim sends me notes ahead of time just to kind of show me, hey, this is what we're going to be talking about, and there's a lot of notes. So this will be two parts. However, you're going to have a lot of questions, and so at the end of the podcast, on each one of these podcasts, we'll obviously give out Tim's contact information, but this really is to trigger some thoughts in you. Write some notes down as you're listening to this. Unless you're driving, please don't do that. Uh, we take it home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but that's the nice thing about a podcast is you can always rewind and listen again. But make some notes. Uh, jot some things down that maybe you haven't thought of before. Some things that Tim brings up, uh, they're, they're going to be valuable. And uh, you're going to want to be able to ask some follow-up questions. I also know that we'll, we'll put some links for your email, Tim, in the show notes so that people can email you directly and get those answers. And uh, it, it'll be great to be able to connect with folks, especially small business owners, because I agree 100%. Small business owners, you are the backbone of the economy. And 
with with all the the funds that went out and all the the money that was put into the economy. I know that a lot of large businesses snagged a bunch of that. And I'm hoping a lot of you small businesses were able to take advantage of that if, if needed and uh, that you're on the right path right now with this this pandemic stuff. We're rooting for you 100%. So, all right, let's get into Absolutely. this so that the people that are building these good businesses can eventually transition out of them. Yeah, so I guess the first thing I thought I'd cover is, you know, why would you even want to do this? Because when I talk to business owners, they, you know, all entrepreneurs, they're they're literally focusing daily all their energy on you know this minefield of their daily risks challenges working with employees protecting you know delivering um creating operations to deliver on time great service to their customers um, and this is really not easy this whole business exit planning process there's a lot involved so the question that i always get is you know why <laughs> why now and why why at all and why now and so what i'll just tell you eric is that now, especially as I'm talking to business owners, I'm doing a lot of surveys of my clients, um, CPAs and attorneys that work with those clients. I'm finding some people now are just have this as a reset. You know, they're looking at this whole COVID shutdown. They're looking at things are, that are going on around the country and they're saying, look, you know, maybe I, I want to do something else. I have, a, I have a, a good percentage of clients who are saying, this is, I want to start thinking about this because you know, maybe there's something else I need to be doing um, mm -hmm. because maybe I don't have the energy, for example, um, you know, to to take us out of this next step. Um, but a lot of it, uh, I'm also getting clients who do this because they maybe they have achieved financial independence. You know, they, they want to or they want to be financially independent. So they just want to make sure that they get there. And, and, and the real why I think is that it does take a long time. We've talked on a number of podcasts how long it takes and the process and creating your team and, mm -hmm. you know, you know, organizing the data. And I'll give you an example. I have a, a manufacturing company that I've been working with for, gosh, three and a half years. I've actually referenced them confidentially on some of the other podcasts. And, and it's a second generation business. Um, the, it, initially, there was no heir apparent. They had a strong internal, uh, like an operator mm -hmm. um, that they were looking to you know, um, tra transition to. And the reality is over the past three and a half years, um, as much as I can push people or, or bring them to the water, I can't make them drink. And, and the reality is that this is a profitable company, but now all of a sudden, boom, they're in COVID. And like a lot of companies, um, now they're resetting and now they, you know, they're looking, they're going, okay, now I have another five years that I have to focus and whereas I could have been maybe two or three years into it um it just creates a lot of stress the valuations are a lot lower right now mm -hmm. and you know that's just an example of a client I'm working on now who I, I think in hindsight I wish I could have maybe pushed them more I tried but the reality is it's not too late we're working on it but that's that's one of the reasons why because it takes a long time and we really need to get going yeah absolutely what I do is when I when I'm working with clients you know, the first thing we talk about really is um, trying to identify what their goal is and just getting back to where we're at right now in the economy and with COVID shutdown and things that are going on. Um, I'm working now just for an, as an example with an um, orthopedic surgeon and very successful, uh, has a practice. And what we did was, you know, he was shut down also. Like part of one of the things that you've, you're, I'm sure you've saw, Eric, is that a lot of the um, what I considered essential businesses were considered non-essential, and 
you know, some of the elective surgeries uh, that, like I have orthopedic surgeon clients, I have uh, other surgery clients that were completely shut down because they were considered non-essential. Mm-hmm. So you have this operating business, you've got staff, you have employees, you've got overhead, and now you're shut down. It gives you an opportunity to kind of reset, almost do what we call a SWOT analysis. So, you know, in this case with this orthopedic surgeon, we, we created what we call like a thriving and challenging times. It's a virtual workshop and it's a process that we brought him through. But basically he, you know, he, we did a stress test of his business. We did a self-assessment of, you know, where he personally wants to go. We, we met with his wife, you know, in, in the family. We talked about their priorities. And what we determined in this case, just as an example, is his goals were to increase the business value um, by trying to acquire maybe uh, competitors who are not as well capitalized, uh, competitors who don't have the energy to go to the, you know, to the next level in the next 10 years. Um, so in his case, the goal setting process was really important um, for this whole thing because we need to know like what he wants to do, where he wants to be. And I'll just reference too, like there's a, we did a podcast previously um, number 35 and 36 on value drivers. That's right. Uh, that, that was a big thing. We, we focused a lot on, okay, if you, if you want to start acquiring, if you want to go into growth mode as a result of this reset, let's focus on these drivers that can increase your value when you're ready to exit. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the goal setting, you know, one of the things is th- that we try to focus on is this whole um, kind of SWOT analysis. And then the other reason why you'd want to do this and why you'd want to set goals is, and Eric, I'm sure you've seen this yourself, if it's written and you can hear it, you can see it, you can track it, typically there's a higher likelihood that it'll get done. That's right. Yep. Um, as opposed to just like having no plan by default, right? Hey, Tam, let's step, take one step back real quick. You said SWOT analysis a couple of times. Can you go ahead and explain what SWOT analysis is for the for the listening audience? Yeah, so a SWOT analysis is something that, you know, it first, SWOT, so it's strengths. We're first identifying, you know, what are the strengths in your business, mm-hmm. your team, your operations, what are your competitive advantages? Um, so the, the W of the SWOT stands for weaknesses. You want to identify what are, be realistic assessment of what are your weaknesses right now. Mm-hmm. So in, in the case of the example I was just giving, space, you know, th- this is, this is a, he needed an operation, a better space to mm-hmm. perform surgeries, operations. He needed uh, more space to bring people in, like other uh, professionals in who could help grow in his business. So we identified that one of the weaknesses was really where he was located in the current facility that he had. So we're in the process now of, of number crunching and, and working with banks to try and help him um, build, up, build out a space. Mm-hmm. Um, the O of the SWAT is opportunities. And again, that just did, we talked about the opportunities of the less, you know, competitors who aren't as well capitalized, competitors who don't have current technology, current operations, competitors who don't have the energy. Maybe mm-hmm. they're on the back end of their career and they just are looking for an exit strategy. So in this case, we identified the opportunity to approach and try to um, merge with or tuck in these other competitors. Nice. And then the final one is really threats the T of SWAT and threats really focuses on, you know, as you look at not just your industry um, and, you know, obviously in the medical profession, uh, that's a big threat because that's constantly changing how reimbursements occur, but Mm -hmm. also your, your local geography, 
you know, what's happening in your area, what's happening with your insurance reimbursements, what's happening with your ability to recruit and retain people to come work with you. So we kind of walk through that, that process with him to hopefully, um, you know, help him create a formal plan, identify those value drivers and move forward in a way where he could, um, he could go, you know, follow his growth mode goals. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other part of it too, just what, you know, once things are written, once you go through the process, once you can hear it, see it and track it, um, we become an accountability partner for him and for our clients. So when we create these plans, oftentimes they just get stuck in a drawer. So we make sure we identify each quarter one or two key things, one or two key drivers that we think are really going to have the greatest impact, and we just continually focus on that. So you might have eight or ten different things you want to accomplish, but we're just going to focus on one or two and kind of lead you through that process over time and continue and basically be your accountability partner. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's so incredibly important. As a coach and a consultant, I, when I was working with clients uh, full time as a coach, I, I had maybe 10% of my clients that would, we'd, we'd get a plan in place and all of a sudden they're just like, all right, let's go. And they're just, they're just fired up and they're just moving. And, and it was hard for me to keep up with them. Right. I mean, it's like, it's like they're dragging me along sometimes. I'm like, wow, this is, you really knocked it out of the park. But for the other 90%, it really was more of my job was the accountability piece. All right, let's get moving on this. And let's, you know, checking in, making sure that they're still on that time frame um, when they're setting those goals and objectives. And I, I know that that is, that is your step one is setting exit objectives and goals. So let's, let's jump into that. Yeah. So when, when we're talking about setting objectives as, as the step one, it's, it's a lot of the, you know, when do I want to exit? Uh, how much do I need? I think what I find is that a lot of business owners and also just a lot of, you know, non-business owners, they don't really identify if I was retired today, what after-tax cash flow, what I need being deposited in my checking account each, each month. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when do you want that to be that start? So I literally have clients where 3000 a month is perfect. I have clients where 45000 a month is what they need. It just depends on lifestyle. It's all relative, right? Mm-hmm. So coming up and, and identifying individually, when do you want it? How much do you need? You know, where's it going to go? These are all the things that uh, we focus on in step one. And, and the other part of it too is oftentimes one of the spouses, if you were one of the, you know, if you're married or not, if you're with a partner, one person typically is the driver behind all the, um, the meetings we have. But I really want to get uh, both partners involved up front because uh, risk is everything, right? So in this case of the orthopedic surgeon, you know, one of the big concerns he had and he wanted me to help address uh, in meeting with his spouse is the additional risk that they're going to need to take for growth. Mm-hmm. And if something happened to him, would his disability insurance cover? Would his life insurance cover? Would it provide for her if something happened with all the additional risk he's taking? If something happened where the plan didn't work in one, three, five, ten years out, would they still have enough cash flow so that to maintain their current standard of living and protect her? Because, you know, a lot of people like the forest versus the trees. Some people like to see the trees, the details. Mm-hmm. This is a case where, uh, you know, we needed to really focus on creating confidence 
for his for her that um, if something happened in this plan, it would still be okay. Yeah, and and so we focused a lot on that. So that so step one a lot of times is really more about goals and psychology and confidence. Um, but we need to do the number crunching to get there and gather the data. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I can't imagine not being on the same page with my spouse when it comes to decisions I make in my business because it it definitely affects her. And so it, it's definitely something where I want her to understand the different pieces and the different moving parts of what I do um, so that she feels more comfortable and she's not you know concerned about that on a daily basis. Yeah, and this is also where, especially with business owners, the psychology of it gets complicated because when you're establishing goals, the question becomes, you know, where do you want this business to go or who do you want this business to go to, right? So I have another client that has two of the children in the business mm-hmm. and uh, one who likely will want to be in the business, but they've got a rule, which I think is great, where, you know, all the kids go work somewhere else first and that takes time, right? Mm-hmm. So it's hard to nail down a long-term succession plan when you don't, based on ages and stage of life, when you're not really sure which kids are going to be there. But that, but for them, it's not even financial. It's it's the uh, psychological planning part of you know, which one of my kids want to be in the business. How you know which one can be in the business? How do I treat that fairly versus equitably? So the the goal part takes a long time, and this is actually I find one of the most difficult pieces and the reasons why most people hesitate to do it because they don't want to really address some of these tougher issues. Yeah, and they're important to address, so that definitely needs to be done. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So once we get through that and we identify what some of the goals are, um, and, and also just one other note about that, um, when, we're, when we're looking at goals, we're also working to identify that they have the proper team of professionals. And if we did that ep- uh, episode two when we were doing a four-part series mm-hmm. on looking downstream in the podcast, um, that kind of covers your team. So I don't want to get too far into that. But if, for those of you who are looking for more information about that, episode two. Um, but, but when you get into step two, it really becomes about quantifying, uh, available resources. So we've identified goals. Now we need to focus on, you know, um, and, and what you need. Now we need to focus on what's there. Um, and you know, simplistically, um, I, I say this to clients, I say this to people, you know, wealth is really just wealth available versus wealth needed, Right. Mm. And just getting back to, you know, the needed is the focus. Needed, you know, how much do you need? Like I said, the example of people need 4000 a month or people need 40000 a month. If I can really help you quantify and nail down what you need, um, we can back into, do you have enough? And, and this is really where step two gets into quantifying that. Where in, the, in meeting one, we, we typically go through a thorough discovery. We kind of look at where you're at. Uh, what's available? We build, you know, we build out a balance sheet. What investment accounts? What's the business worth? How much cash flow is it generating? Um, and then between after that meeting, our team focuses a lot of time and energy, um, you know, on our staff, but also collaborating with your other professionals if needed, the CPA, the attorney, and we put together a plan so that in meeting two, when we sit down with the client, um, we're really looking at. A, a complete picture, a total client profile of, you know, what resources are there, what goals do you have, and then we identify these gaps. And that's really where we focus on is, you know, if the gaps are big, we need to focus on how to, how to minimize them. 
Uh, but like oftentimes they're already there and, and we just need to show them how to, we give them confidence that they've, um, they're, they're on a path for success. And then we just need to, you know, focus on how to start that transition process. But without step two, where you're quantifying your needs, what's available, what you have, what you want, et cetera, it's really hard to, um, to do anything if you haven't really walked through all the, that whole process. Mm-hmm. And then really after we do that, typically when, we go through that draft meeting where we're showing them the gap analysis. Really, one of three things typically happens. We will either, at that point, um, you know, we always come up with two or three ideas that they might, might want to use. But typically, then we're collaborating with their CPA, their attorney, their other professionals. We're working with the client to really prioritize the advanced planning topics that they want to focus on in getting that process of you know step three through seven of the exit planning process. Got it. So Eric, let me give you one more example of a client that we've been working with for probably, I guess, the last two years. And as we were going through step two, it became apparent that when we're comparing what's available, the needs, their assets, what they, what they need to retire, there's a, uh, a very important uh, succession planning goal of transferring to the, the business to one of the children, yet at the same time being fair to the other two. It's, it's a trucking company. And in this example, it became apparent that we really needed to get a valuation of the business. So we use this uh, this company, Biz Equity, and we use them oftentimes really to get a range of values without paying for a formal appraisal. Because appraisals can be, uh, by a certified CPA doing it, can be relatively expensive. Hmm. So we went through the process. We did it. We came up with a pretty good range. And then at that point, it, uh, we decided with the attorney and the CPA that, okay, now we know what it's worth. Now we know how the business fits in. We know how the cash flow is going to like flow out so we can create models for the succession plan. We needed to really get a formal appraisal after that uh, because in order to do gifting, you have to file gift tax returns. And when you file gift tax returns, you need a certified appraisal. Mm. So I mentioned this, Eric, because you know, we don't want to spend a lot of money up front if you don't have to. We don't want to engage yeah. other professionals and incur legal and accounting and, you know, compliance and fees like that if you don't need to. So this whole discovery process is also a way to really save money uh, by by getting a forest view and then diving in and, and hiring those professionals and paying those fees if it becomes apparent that you need to do that. And so this is an example where in the end we, we did have to, we did, you know, we did the formal appraisals and it actually came back slightly lower, which was good in this case because we were trying to, for, for what we were trying to accomplish. But, but the point is by taking it step by step, the client, the client initially really wanted to just go out and get the appraisal. And I said, well, let's go through the process first, discover what you have, what you need and back and then figure out if you need to do the appraisal. turns out we did. But um, we, we saved a lot of legal fees also by doing that process. Nice. It, it sounds like it's almost like you're you're mocking up a model first, so you can kind of hold it in your hands and look at it, and then you zoom in and you, you start to get the fine detail work when you bring in the other team members. Exactly. You know, it's almost like building a house, right? Yeah. So you bring in the designer, the architect, you 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 tweak everything, and maybe you don't need to. Uh, hire a window contractor or the, the roofing contractor mm-hmm. or the engineer um, until you really know exactly what you want. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and as somebody who's recently had to 
hire a plumber, you don't want them coming in without really, really needing them. <laughs> there's, just, there's expenses <laughs> oh, yeah. that incurred. Yeah, absolutely. No, that sounds fantastic. Now, I know we're getting short on time, and you said you were going to cover step one and step two today, and you have. And I know we've got five more steps to cover on the next podcast. Uh, what should people be looking for on that next podcast? Uh, what I want to get into is really, it, we call it step three through seven, but we get, we get into the nitty, the nitty gritty of the business value, you know, selling to internally, externally, mm-hmm. uh, selling to family, um, and then really talk about the formal process of that. Got it. All right. That sounds great. Tim, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to part two. And for you, the listening audience, I know that Tim referenced a lot of different podcasts in this podcast. Uh, A couple of them were episode 35 and 36, which were all about the value drivers. Those are definitely two that you want to go back to. And then he really dove into building your team and having a team surround you in this process. And that was episode two. So just as a reminder, if you want to go back and listen to those, if you've just joined us within the last few episodes, um, Tim has a ton of content, lots of podcasts. So again, please go check those out. And again, I also want to thank you for listening today to the Wall Street Podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WealthStream Podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. 